the Confidence Collective. I'm Danny, an entertainment host turned confidence coach for women who are ready to step into their biggest, brightest, and boldest self in front of the camera and in their career. I created the Confidence Collective as a place for women to come together and collectively have conversations about their own experiences with confidence, the mistakes we've made, the lessons we've learned, and the growth that's happened along the way. We talk business, relationships, health, and so much more. New episodes drop weekly, so be sure to subscribe. Welcome to the Confidence Collective community. You and I are here today to talk about creating a life by design, which is what you've done. I have. I have. Well, it's not, um, it's never a finished project, I think. So creating your life by design is, you know, it's an ongoing thing. You don't just arrive at the destination and go, boink, I'm done. (laughs) Created my life by design. Here I am. What do we just arrive and be like, oh, thank God, I'm done. (laughs) Well, that's what happens when you unpack your suitcase when you get to Bali and then you like sleep for the first six months. You're like, oh my God, I'm so tired. I've just realized that my entire life has exhausted me. (laughs) You're in in Bali now, living in paradise, but you weren't always in Bali. This is not where you started. um, I'm originally from Sydney in Australia and I grew up on the northern beaches, which is like a, it's a really beautiful part of Australia. So going to the beach. Yeah, riding your pushy around was, you know, a big part of growing oh, up for me. Pushy. You're going to fill me in on well, the a, What's a pushy? A bicycle. Ah! A pushy. <laughs> That's such a an Australian. Yeah, it's a pushy. <laughs> yeah, so riding your pushy around and, like, we had a um, two parks at the end of our street and so we would go down and there was a little creek down there and we could go down there and um, hope to catch frogs or tadpoles, which... I was never very good at and even if I did catch one it probably didn't make it through the first 24 hours so like I apologize to all those tadpoles that we, didn't make we have this in common then because I grew up in Louisiana and mm. do that all the time we would raise like tadpoles or frogs my parents probably I mean they let me pretty much keep any animal so we went yeah, to we- frog phase a turtle phase fish birds like yeah yeah, we never. We, I didn't have turtles down there, but we there were turtles in the dam around the corner. Um, mm-hmm. But we had possums, and so okay. we'd always feeding possums and like. And then we'd have lorikeets and just thousands of these rainbow lorikeets, which is a native Australian bird. And it's green, and then it's got blue and red and yellow, and okay. millions of them would land on our deck, and you'd be standing there covered in birds. Like really, land on your arms. Oh yeah, as kids we were just oh. like going, I've got lorikeets on me. Like there's photos of us going. <laughs> I have to tell you, I have to tell you a story about lorikeets. So I'm in Dallas, Texas, yeah. and that's not a bird you normally see here. That's just like no. you know, it's not a native bird. It's not a bird no. that we would go outside and be like, oh look, lorikeets everywhere. So yeah, this was probably like oh gosh, this is probably like seven years ago. Yeah, mm. probably seven years ago. I was living in this apartment complex and they accidentally towed my car. The guy who came to tow this other car, he mistook my car because my car was black and the car he was coming for was navy blue. But it was the same make, same model, all that jazz. And so they accidentally towed mine, even though I was a resident and lived there. So I had to go pick my car up from this like random, 
I guess you would call it a junkyard. Is that what you call where cars go after they're yeah. I don't know. Yeah. One of those places. So I swear it felt like somebody had kicked my ass down the rabbit hole because I get there and I look up and there are these like trees with no leaves on them, like dead looking trees. It looks like straight up like a movie scene, like you've just entered a wasteland. And yeah. I look up and it's covered in like lorikeet, like parrot th- birds covered in these green birds these tropical green birds and I remember tapping on the window which by the way had bars on it because it was one of those places yeah like, yeah yeah safety first mm-hmm. I tapped on the window and I said ma'am I just I just need to know that I'm not going crazy do you see those green birds <laughs> <laughs> and she just like, goes, yeah <laughs> I was like yeah. okay that's all I need to know they're just yeah. they're parrots all over the place and we live in dallas texas and that's not normal (laughs) not normal because they shit everywhere so that's why she would have been yeah that's why she would have been pissed off Um, yeah everywhere yeah everywhere um yeah so growing up as a kid where we did it was you know we had my parents bred puppies so we had like yeah, we always had like a litter of puppies and so I would take one, it would be Big Ted and I would love it and hide it and my parents would sell them and they'd go, Catherine, where's Big Ted? And i go, I don't know, maybe you've already sold it. No, we haven't. And the puppy's under my bed going. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, no, don't come for the puppy. Just let me keep it. Uh-huh. Yeah, so you had a good yeah. you had a good childhood growing yeah, up. Like yeah, it was it was pretty good. Then your parents get divorced, then things change. Uh, <laughs> so yeah, so everything changes, and I've got two younger sisters, and I was the oldest, and my parents separated when I was uh, thirteen in high school. So it was quite formative, and um, I think it impacted uh, us because it's three girls, and we ended up staying living with my dad, but. Yeah, so that does, uh, it did shift and change, I think, how um, I functioned in the world. Um, Yeah, so anyway, all of that, that can be quite a monumental story in itself, can't it? But, um, yeah, I ended up moving to the eastern suburbs. I lived with my grandmother for a really long time and uh, was working in hospitality as a restaurant manager and then... um, ended up living in the eastern suburbs, which I loved, which is like halfway between Bondi Beach and the city. Uh, And I had this rule that I never would live five minutes, more than five minutes from where I worked because I knew even at a young age that a trigger for me was sitting in traffic. It would always cause me to park in unruly places and get parking tickets. Um, And I was a little bit, I was like, my care factor was zero. I'd just rather buy a parking ticket. (laughs) Um, than pay for a parking station in town. Like I was particularly naughty, I guess, just like irreverent and a little, yeah, I was just like rebellious (laughs) on so many fronts. Um, And then I ended up living in Western Australia um, because I literally woke up and went, the sun sets over the ocean every day in Perth. That's like being on a holiday. I'm going to go and live in the in Western Australia because it's going to feel like I'm on holidays all the time. And well, it literally you, was. Have you always just kind of like gone with whatever you've desired? Like you, I've heard you mention a couple of times like, oh, this, I felt this way. So I just went and did that. Like I wanted to go live here. So I just went and live there. 
Yes, I have. And some of those times have been at complete loggerheads with the universe and some of those times have been in flow. And so as I've gotten older and I've become, uh, I guess, more connected to my intuition and more connected to my um, heart space and what it means to uh, to live in that place of joy and happiness, I've recognised that some of those times were just a complete act of rebellion and going, I will have what I want when I want it, um, regardless of the consequences. How did those times feel different? So the ones where you were kind of butting heads with the universe and you were going against the flow, how did those times oh. feel different than when you were in flow? Like, how did you recognize uh, that? Anxiety and depression. Anxiety would be a massive one. Um, financially, you'd be impacted usually by that decision. So here's a really stupid example. My car needed four new tyres instead of getting four new tyres for the car, I bought a new car. That's a solution. That's not, <laughs> that's a solution. It's not a smart one, though. Like, there was nothing wrong with the old car, but then ego gets involved and, you know, you, know, you just apply for a loan, you don't get it. And then you just go, but I want this. My ego wants this. I am going to be driven to own this and have this because for some reason, when you think that you jump that hurdle, your life is going to be different on the other side yeah. and kind of don't care about the consequences. The consequences on the other side are that your car repayments are much higher. And then like the funny story about this is that I owned that vehicle for three weeks and a truck was parked on the side of the road next to an ice rink where I was training and a truck reversed into that car. The car was so new, they didn't even have the parts in Australia. So I had to drive this brand new car around with a crushed rear end until the parts actually arrived in the country so that they could make wow. the repair through the smash repairer. So I was like, the universe does send you lessons and messages and then if you choose not to listen to those, it will like batter you into yeah. another way of going, <laughs> you need you need a you need a wake up call here. And honestly, I didn't listen to those messages for a lot of my life. But but you know, I'm fairly intuitive and connected, but I chose not to. I chose to ignore it and I chose to push through really hard parts, which is there's a fine line between pleasure and pain, right? Mm -hmm. So the, there's a fine, a fine line that the universe allows you to, to sit in that place of like, you know, universal happiness or flow or, you know, and finding out how to sit between those two places is the challenge and find that balance is the challenge. Uh, but, yeah, you, it, I guess it's just about balance, isn't it? Um, so you, but, you yeah. talked about intuition a little bit. And one of the things that I hear often, because I work with women who need to find clarity and direction or who mm. need help finding the next step because they're not quite sure how to start working towards a goal that they want. You know, they kind mm. of see life passing by, they see everybody else making progress and they're like, well, I don't know what to do. I feel stuck. I don't know how to move forward. So how do you tap into, or how have you found you've been able to tap into that intuition and really pick up on what your intuition is versus what you want it to be? The short one word answer is meditation. The long answer is <laughs> the short one word answer. It's also the longest answer in the universe. Um, I literally wrote this morning, or actually I was thinking about it yesterday when I was listening to a podcast because I had a client say, I don't know what my passion is. I don't know what I'm passionate about. And um, 
my thought when that came to mind was um, don't panic hunt your passion. So we're always out there trying to try these different things on. Um, we're seeing our Instagram feed and we're going, oh, I might try that passion and see if it fits me. I might see what that purpose is and see if, if that's working or if it, if it aligns with me. Um, and so we're constantly being influenced by these outside sources uh, and we're looking to the external to try and find the answer or what's going to fit for us. Uh, the answer is that it's actually in here but we're so disconnected from our heart space or from what's in our centre. Uh, and the external gratification is so quick. You know, you might try someone else's passion on, oh, I, I want to do yoga for three hours a day. Well, that's probably not going to work for you because it's not going to fit in with all the other amazing things that you've got going on in your life that you've just thrown to the wayside. So, you know, that I, just going back to what I do, creating a sustainable yoga practice or you know, something that fits in with your life is a better approach to that. Um, but going back to the question about how do we tap into our intuition or how do we find, you know, we've got a goal, how do we know if that's right? It's about having a, a vision for what future for what future you is. And quite often we're, you know, that spur of the moment, I'm seeing something on Instagram, I'm shifting my perspective, I'm changing something over here, I'm trying something else on we get distracted all the time and so we never really sit in that quiet space, in that connection. And so we lose that um, idea or meaning of what it is to be connected to our heart centre and find what our soul print is. Like we, we don't even know um, because we're that disconnected from ourselves. And so that's why we don't lean into our intuition because we're so distracted by all the other things that are going on um, and it's so easy to access those things now. You know, before maybe in the 70s or the 80s you had to go to the library or, um, mm -hmm. you know, you'd commune with friends or you'd go to Toastmasters and listen to different groups and um, yeah. now, I mean, we've got TED Talks which are amazing and they bring so much information into our lives and it's so brilliant. Um, but, you know, you... I get so carried away sometimes by some of those beautiful creative ideas and theories and, and just concepts that are out there. I'm just like, whoa, like amazing. Yeah, it's um, kind of a blessing. Or, or it peaks something that I did think about and then I think, well, maybe that's what I'm supposed to be doing. And then I'm like, no, that's what that person's doing. They're just sharing that story with me. So yeah. understanding or trying to figure out how or what the difference is between those two things, I think is, is really challenging. There's a really big thing out at the moment, or not at the moment, but, you know, about having a passion and a purpose and, and knowing what your magnus opus, your life's big work is and what you're supposed to be contributing to society. Uh, so we panic hunt our passion without connecting into that heart centre and listening to intuitively to what brings us joy and following or being, you know, finding that and following that path. I've never heard somebody describe it like panic hunting your passion, but I love that. I love that because I do agree. Mm -hmm. We live in a world of instant gratification and I think social media mm -hmm. had a lot to do with that because we can connect with people all over the world instantaneously. We can mm -hmm. have a little window into somebody else's life. And to your point, 
you know, I myself have fallen into that trap of, oh, that looks really cool, or that looks really cool, or maybe that mm. would be interesting. That looks far more interesting and more, it looks cooler than what I've got going on in my own. Or when you are on your life's path or your passion and shit gets real and it gets hard and yeah. you're challenged to learn something new about yourself or break one of your limiting beliefs and you go, the inner work is really hard right now. I'm going to like yeah. go and explore something that I, it's like the distraction technique. So, you know, if you haven't curated your digital landscape to, um, you know, for, for joy and happiness uh, mm -hmm. and you look at all the crazy stuff that's happening in the media or whatever, like, you know, it's, it's a distraction. And then you think, oh, I might just try that on because the inner work's getting too hard. And, you know, that's exactly when we need to, to step away. Yeah. Yeah. To, My, to uh... go back. Back to your meditation cushion. <laughs> sit on, sit down, shut up, and be quiet. <laughs> My fiance, he likes to remind me that. So I'm, I'm a creative at heart. Like I am a creative. Mm. I love dreaming. I love mm. using my imagination. I've always had a very vivid imagination, even as a kid. Mm. Like, things tend to play out in movies in my mind, which is why I think I was drawn to the film industry and I was drawn to yeah. the movies because I just, I love being in that space because it feels, it always feels like there's no limitations. There's endless possibilities. And so creative mm. thinking is something that comes very easy to me, but <laughs> that can also cause a lot of problems for me because I will have all these ideas and I'll get really excited about them, but and I'll start like chasing them down or I'll start following them. And I get to a point where to your point, it gets hard and it requires mm. more than just the fun, like chasing it, creating it. It requires the mm. real work. Like a puppy with a new toy. Like a puppy with a new toy. And when it gets hard, I, I instantly know what is in alignment with myself and who I am. Mm. Because when I find myself unwilling to continue down that path and I find myself unwilling to stop and put the time in and to not do the fun stuff and you know to to not do the hard stuff I mean and to not like really dig deep to figure out how to push past a roadblock I know that it's just a distraction thing it's a nice to have or it's a oh it's this is like it's not an aligned action exactly he he likes to say I have yeah. shiny object syndrome <laughs> So I'll be like, ooh, that's shiny, that's we, we, pretty. In, a, in Australia, we call you a magpie or a bowerbird. This might be another one of those things where you're like, ooh, okay. that's cool. oh, look, sequins. Yeah, squirrel. Oh, amazing. I love squirrels. I rescued a baby squirrel the other day. Like, a cat had it, and so we took it off the cat, and it was tiny, and, like, it, it, I was holding it in my hands, and I'm like, oh, my God, a baby squirrel. I swear you and I are, you and I are aligned in some sort of way somewhere in some <laughs> universe because I raised baby squirrels when I was younger. We had a tree. <gasps> well, we don't have squirrels in Australia. So don't? Not, we don't, no, we don't have them. You so, don't have squirrels at all. Like no squirrels. No, no squirrels. Zero. Australia so, has no squirrels. No, we have so many animals that want to kill you, but we don't have squirrels. So... I, I know when I first got hair. 
No, no, squirrels, definitely not everywhere. And no, uh, no, coming no. to, travelling to India, they have really cute squirrels with like black, like grey and brown striped tails and they're mm. like super excited. And then the squirrels here are a little bit more, um, they're brown and they're really little but really skittish. Um, and then squirrels in New York, they just give you the tail. They're like... Oh. I don't want to talk to you. And then they flip you the tail. I'm like, oh, a fat squirrel. I'm so excited. There's actually video footage of my daughter and I in Central Park, like rustling nuts in a bag going, honey, rustle the bag. It's going to come. It's going to come and talk to us. You should come visit my house because I have squirrels everywhere. And I have one squirrel that I swear he is an Italian mobster reincarnated <laughs> as a squirrel. Because he will stand in front of the window that is our squirrel window that my dogs patrol. Yeah. And he yeah. in front of the window and he'll take his little fingers and he'll just nee, 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 like, and he'll flick his fingers at my dogs. So funny. Oh my God, he's watched too many episodes of The Sopranos. He's straight out of The Sopranos. He's just like, nee, 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 like, cool, like, bat his little fingers like, nee. and my dogs go crazy. And I'm like, oh my God, I have an Italian mob squirrel living in my front yard. <laughs> One of my friends posted yesterday, she lives in New York and she posted like a squirrel that keeps coming back to visit her. And this squirrel's just getting fatter and fatter and fatter. And she goes, <laughs> yesterday, she goes, and I shall call you chubby. <laughs> and it was just this enormous squirrel just sitting on her balcony. So cute. I was like, oh, it's so cute. Yeah. I love that um, we went on a full on squirrel tangent. We went from intuition to fat to squirrel. That's yeah. so like, I mean, yeah. How do we get there, right? So to take us back, one of your comments before is like you were talking about how you're really great at dreaming big and being creative. Mm -hmm. So this is not something that we are encouraged to be through school and as kids. I would agree with that. So, yeah. so we really. One of the things that I work with my clients on is creating a vision for future you. And I was on a, a live um, in a group the other day um, by invitation and it was a group that were focused on weight loss. And I was talking about creating a life by design and creating a sustainable yoga practice so that you don't overexert yourself in one particular area and then not be able to sustain that for ongoing as part of your lifestyle yeah. choice or your lifestyle change. And I actually asked the group who had a vision for future you after you've lost your 10, 20 kilos, however many pounds, you've bought a new pair of jeans, but what, what, what does future you actually look like? Does future you join a running group or a walking group? Are you going to the gym every day? Are you playing tennis with your kids? You know, are you pushing your, your daughter's baby around the park because now you can? Like what... What does your life look like? Has your circle of friends changed because um, maybe you've, you've changed something fundamentally within you? Um, what does that actually look like? And none of them had that answer, which I thought was really, really interesting. So what does future you look like? And because we're not taught to dream big or really explore that inner creativity and connect with our you know, that heart centre. And at, at our heart centre, we are all super creative beings. Like, and people say, oh, I'm not creative. Well, you are. You've just been, it's just been banged out of you. So how do we reconnect with that to create that vision? So one of the steps that I take with my clients is to go, right, just sit where you are right now 
And I want you to look around the room at three things that might need your attention or fixing. So say if the light bulb's broken in the fridge, like the light bulb is actually broken in my fridge, which is what I think about this. And I go, oh, I'd really like a new fridge. <laughs> so instead of going to fix the light bulb, maybe you want a new fridge. What does that fridge look like? Is it one of those amazing double door fridges that's got like a TV in the front or a whiteboard where you can make notes on it? Is it um, stainless steel so you can put all your favorite magnets on it about places that you want to travel to or photos of, you know, you on holidays and, you know, things that are going to fuel that? Does that fridge fit? So what's your dream fridge? Like, does it have the ice dispenser and the reach in wine cooler so you can open up and just grab a bottle of like you know it's your dream fridge you're like oh man I bloody hell I'd love that fridge but then you go that fridge isn't even going to fit in my kitchen oh imagine what my dream kitchen looks like my dream kitchen doesn't fit in my house and all of a sudden you're dreaming about this amazing house that you'd want to live in but because we don't have the capacity maybe your dream house isn't even in the country you're living in right now or the suburb maybe it's somewhere else but you've just never given yourself the space to go beyond what's in your, you know, what, what, what are your distractions every day and what's, you know, locking you in to that. So we just never get that opportunity to dream big. So this is, this is about learning how to reignite that, that skill or tap into that center that we do all have that somehow we've lost connection with. So maybe the fridge is just a starting point um and it doesn't have to be, but it's just about learning or relearning that process or, or relearning that skill of dreaming big so that you can start to create a vision based on what really brings you joy and happiness at your heart center for future you and then we can get into looking at creating goals around that, which are those, you know, I'm going to tick that box so that I can, you know, we break it into bite-sized chunks so that we can tick each of those boxes and say, I'm on that path to achieving or creating that outcome. But then getting down a little bit further, we need to create habits that are going to support the changes that we need to make within ourselves to be able to achieve those goals because quite often people will go i've got a goal i want x y and z but what are you doing to achieve that goal and what habits have you implemented or what have you gotten rid of um, to make room for something that is going to help you on that journey and getting rid of what you don't want to make room for what you do is not about i'm going to throw out the louis vuitton handbag or i'm going to sell that louis vuitton handbag so i can have a new one <laughs> Oh, I wonder who's done that before. Um, yeah, so it's not about, you know, getting rid of, sometimes it is about getting rid of physical objects, but, um, you know, it's more around getting rid of emotional uh, baggage or connection yeah. or limiting beliefs, things that are no longer serving you and that are not helpful in finding that connectivity which taps into our into an intuition, into our heart center, into that place of joy and happiness, which ultimately will bring us to our passion and our purpose. Now, I was listening to a podcast yesterday mm -hmm. and um, it was fantastic and I'm going to share it in my group later today, but um, 
there was a discussion around why we can't or why we aren't challenged to articulate our passion and purpose uh, and why so many people are challenged by that. And it's because passion and purpose is an emotional state that we get into. It's like, you know, when you're sitting in flow because, you know, I asked a client the other day, she goes, I don't know what my passion is. And I've known her for a while. And I said, what about horses? She goes, oh yeah, but it's too expensive. And it's this, that, and the other. And I was like, well, that's where the limiting beliefs sit. And those limiting beliefs around money. So let's work on that. Really interesting how all this stuff connects. Um, But yes, so your passion sits in that emotional part of the brain. And so quite often we can't articulate that emotion because we're feeling it. We're not thinking it. I actually, so I have an exercise that I ask people to do whenever they come to me and they're like, I don't know what I like, what I don't like, what I'm passionate about, what I'm not passionate about. And I actually learned this from a leadership program that I did. The way that they use this exercise was to figure out when someone's communicating to you and that language does not work for you or doesn't make you feel good. They were like, do this exercise and you'll start to you'll start to be able to naturally pick up on how to shift the conversation because it bothers you. So you don't negatively react. And Mm -hmm. I think it's a great, a great exercise for other things as well. And just like creating cognitive recognition because there's like a physical reaction to this thing, because with Mm -hmm. with our emotional reactions, we often just forget about them because we feel it and then it goes, you know, or we feel it and we move on. We want it to, we want it to shift as well. Otherwise it gets stored. Yeah. So I ask people to wear like a rubber band or a hair tie or something on their wrist. That's a little bit tighter. And I I do this both for people who are like, I don't know how to find out what makes me not feel good or like what I don't like, or Mm. people who are like, I don't know what I do like. And I tell them whenever you're feeling, depending on what they're struggling with, I'm going to go with the positive, for example, because we were just talking about that. But I say, okay, whenever you, you feel yourself really happy and you feel yourself feeling really good, take that rubber band or that hair tie and pop it on your wrist. So you have Mm. like physical tap that's reminding your body that this feels good because then you're likely to remember that thing. So you can go back and write it down or go back to it and think about why did you feel so good? What was going on in your life around you that made you feel happy and elated and made you feel like all the warm and fuzzies that you want to feel on the inside? Because when you do that Mm. habitually over and over again, your body's going to start to pick up on it. And it's it's going to become more habitual for you to be able to get back to that state. Yeah. Therefore, so feeling like, you what works in your life. What are the things that you were naturally and emotionally drawn towards? This is, you know, exactly where we we're going with this discussion yesterday. It was around how do you get back to that place? Yeah. Um, you are in alignment. You're in flow. You're you are operating with 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 purpose and passion. Uh, how do you, you know, create that elevator pitch so that those words connect you straight back to that emotive place where you drop back into that flow state. So how do you, how do you find that connection? How do you articulate that? Um, And that technique's a great technique for being able to immediately come back to that sensation or um, have that, you know, straight, straight out like split second reminder of this is something that, you know, I need to remember this moment, this moment in 
time. Um, and that's why, you know, smells um, and sound, like music draws us in so quickly because, right. you know, we've just set our background. Like it's why we burn incense when we want to meditate or, you know, when we want to relax. Literally, I literally am burning this candle that smells like a fur, like a fur yeah. because yeah. that smell of like that crisp fir tree in the snow, like it makes me mm. feel so happy. Like it just reminds me of really joyful times. So at this time of the year, I snatch up all the like fur candles that I can find. So I, I should probably get one that like smells like a bakery in Paris. <laughs> yeah, there you go. No, so, you know, the one bread. that does it for me is like particularly um, for meditation uh, is I've got incense from Mysore and which is in India and uh, handmade incense. And I bought a, literally a shit ton which is a an australian measurement <laughs> i think that's a global measurement, measurement. <laughs> yeah, i use the tip <laughs> um and uh, yeah and when i burn that i am transported immediately yeah. and it's not i guess you could say am i or do i have an attachment to that being part of my process that I must have in order to attain that meditative or Zen state? And the answer is no, but um, sometimes it can give me an express trip back to that place. There you go. So, yeah, so it doesn't always have to be like that, but you know, yeah. it's like mantra, getting me into a meditative state, mantra, if I, if I sing, in that space and create that vibration within me, then I am immediately am transported into my meditative state. Um, it's a very fast track for me to get there. Um, but those things are, are fascinating that you can just trigger those moments within you because you're actually not talking, you're not articulating it with words, you're actually bringing you straight back to that emotional state. Yeah, you're feeling it, you're smelling it. It's almost yeah. like it, it's not tangible, but it almost becomes tangible by doing things like yeah. that. Because yeah. it like gives you that sense, using one of your senses. You, you have a, aren't there like five senses? You've got sight, smell, touch, taste, taste. hearing, like sound. Hearing, yeah, that'll, yeah, that'll be there. Yeah. Um, and I, I think those are all good. Like, I guess the rubber band would fall into touch, like finding a way to trigger your body to remember that state of being that has you feeling really happy. Or if you're yeah. trying to figure out what's making which is you why, which so is happy. Tapping as another, uh, yeah. another um, methodology of getting you into that state works doing this for any length of time was going to change how you feel or how you view something or how extraordinary. Yeah. Um, and I, I'm certainly not an expert in that space at, at all. Um, but yeah, just, you know, another extraordinary process for bringing you to that place and finding that connection to the heart center and letting go of things that are restricting you from being in that flow state. So we're coming up on the end of our time because we, I could literally talk to you for hours. I feel like- I know, we're like a pair of chatterboxes. Oh my God, you and I could grab a drink and head to the beach and we'd be there all day. Like we- Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is where like the digital landscape for uh, like 
good not evil is amazing. Like yeah. the way we connected and the way we've spent time like getting to know each other is amazing like like it blows my mind that you know we can sit on our laptops and like I think I messaged you about something at about 10 o'clock at night my time and you just woken up and we're and all of a sudden we're having yep. this discussion and yeah, great. Yeah, here we are it's it's amazing amazing and hopefully the discussion that we've had you know has a positive impact on on somebody else down the way so you know it's about finding you're living your passion and i'm i'm living mine and then those two things collide and hopefully you know that's able to spur someone else on into you know finding their connection to their heart center okay. as well so mm. i i ask the same question at the end of every podcast yeah. Um, and I, I think, dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> but I think it's really, I think it's an important question because I think that, and this again, just my own personal belief here. I believe women are just incredible. Like what we go through as women, physically, mentally, emotional, emotionally, I think women are just incredibly, um, beautiful people. Um, and I, I think there's a lot of value in the wisdom that comes from every single woman who has gone through her own unique journey and experiences. So having said that, now that you have reached this point in your life where you have created, you've designed a life that you love, if you had one piece of advice to give your younger self when you were just starting out, what would that piece of advice be? I know the answer to this question because I, I literally had this discussion with myself the other day and um, I've written it like a couple of times in, in terms of a discussion with people. Yeah. And I wrote a goal when I was 18 years old uh, to retire when I was 50. And retirement was not about, you know, doing nothing and sitting in a chair reading a book. It was about, well, part of it could be, uh, it was about being where I want to be when I need to be there. And they were my exact words that I wrote and that I've had in my mind for ages. Wow. Don't write 50, cat. write 30 or 20. What did you waste the 20 years for? <laughs> I was like, what, what was I doing? Just causing all that angst if I had have written that goal. <laughs> And put the number 30 in there instead of 50. Maybe I, <laughs> I don't know what would have changed. Well, so, yeah. So, you know, I, it wasn't even until maybe six months ago that I went, well, I turned 50 and I went, shit, I've actually achieved that outcome. I'm doing what I want when I want to. Uh, and, you know, there's a selfish aspect to that, but it's also because, you know, if you find that flow state and that connection, then, you know, you, you're going to be in that space or be able to, to, to live that, that out. Um, yeah. So when you, when you dream and you have an idea of what the landscape for future you looks like and you start, you know, that goal sat there for 30 years. How extraordinary, 32 years, how extraordinary. Um, so it wasn't, it was something that I, I kind of wanted to work towards, but then I just never knew what the vehicle was because I couldn't articulate what my purpose and passion was. And it wasn't until I discovered 
you know, a teacher said to me, ahimsa in a yoga class, and I'd been practicing yoga for eight years at that point in time. And no one had ever said anything remotely philosophical or translated a Sanskrit word until that point. And when she said it's about non-violence, kindness to the self, what's your self-talk like? And I went, oh, crap, mine's really bad. And that was a... a that was the pivot. That was the pinnacle moment that made me go and study, learn like a crazy person. Um, and that's what ultimately created the momentum and the shift in my life to enable me to create my life by design. And that, that even that phrase is something that I, you know, it's what I've called my course. It's what I, you know, I know and I support my clients um, and it seems really big, like that big picture statement, but you know, those little goals that we set from all of those periods of time, you know, our vision might change and it's fluid and it's a work in progress, but there's always going to be something underpinning that, that, you know, is, is, is key to driving you forward. Something that always appears in your life. Um, <clears throat> as a message that keeps coming up that is is going to underpin those changes oh, yeah beautifully said beautifully said well i yeah. again so I, I, guess, I, I a quick question for you okay you know, I, I have a word of the year and Ooh. my word of the year, yeah and it's okay. a, a my word of the year for 2020 was inspire so it's to be inspired is that inspirational um what inspires me and to always find things around me that um and that kind of underpins things that i've done for 2020 am i being inspired is this inspiring like yeah. you know getting to the guts of it so i mean at that point where i'm thinking about what is my word for 2021 what is your word going to be for 2021? What would so, it be? Yeah, so it's interesting because I did this too last year. Yeah. Yeah, uh, of course. <laughs> Naturally. Of course we did. <laughs> uh, so last year, I, I was at a point in my life where last year I had left a corporate job that the last mm. six months, and this is part of my story that I've shared a lot, but I'd left this corporate job that the last six months have been really toxic, really harmful, um, emotionally, mentally. And I left feeling well, when I left, I, I was in a better spot, but you know, I had to come to a point with myself where I addressed the fear that I was feeling full, like mm. head on. And that moment is actually why I have this podcast. Um, mm. because, and I think I shared this with you a little bit, but the, the turning point in that moment for me was meeting other women who were kind enough to be vulnerable with me and to share their stories with me and to mm. tell me what they themselves had overcome and the experiences they'd had in their life. And it was a game changer for me because I felt affirmed in what I was feeling. I felt supported. Mm -hmm. I felt understood. And I felt empowered to then go mm -hmm. and create the life I wanted, right? And I felt mm -hmm. empowered to not worry about the fear of not being able to continue to do this job. I'd spent six and a half years building, but or not be able to yeah. continue to do all of the things that were associated with the ideal of having that. Exactly. Yeah. So at the end of last year, I, I kind of teetered between a phrase and a word. So the word was growth, growth. Mm, good one. 
because there's a lot, there's a big piece of me that felt like I still had some growing to do as far as like building my own business and getting out of my own way when it came to allowing fear to be at the forefront. And I had spent seven years like gathering the tools, you know coaches. The word growth has got its own, the word growth has got its own theme song. Oh yeah. Never ending story. La 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 la. <laughs> so I teetered between that and the phrase just start just start oh yeah yeah Nike just do it yeah just do it right um and and that for me was this I'm a perfection I'm a Virgo I'm a Virgo Mm. I'm a perfectionist I like my T's crossed I like my eyes dotted I like everything to have its place in order before I go into something and you can't do that when you're an entrepreneur. You just can't do it. You have to like go and figure it out. And my fiance is like a super entrepreneur. And he, his thing is just say yes and figure it out later. And I yeah. really had to, <laughs> I had to learn how to be okay with yeah. feeling out of place a little bit or getting uncomfortable. I had to be okay with being uncomfortable. And I, and so that was kind of that theme. And I think there's a, after 2020, I haven't found my word yet for 2021, but I still feel like I need to learn a little bit more about getting uncomfortable. Yeah. If Maybe that that's the word, is discomfort. Discomfort, or, Maybe that's it. Although. I, comfortable I, discomfort. Comfortable discomfort, yeah. I truly yeah. feel like I'm at a place now, though, where I've finally allowed myself to connect with the things that are really important to me mm. outside of just a career. Like I'm, I'm coaching now, which is something I've wanted to do for seven plus years because of the experiences I've had. And I finally was yeah. like, you know what? I'm going to create the space for it. I'm going to give myself that space so I can go help other women, which is really important to me. And I, mm. and so I think I'm trying to, instead of just a word, I'm trying to adopt the mindset of if something sparks a, a light in me, pursue it. If something sparks that, like that hit in my intuition of this is something I need to do. Mm. I take action, maybe action. Action is my word for 2021 action. action. That's what it is. Action. I action. sometimes I'm, I'm in Aries. So I'm the bull at a gate, the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I had to like, like the racehorse, just wanting to get it done. And I'm not ahead of that. I'm like, what's going on? Why am I lagging? So mine's been about being actually sitting and finding in those, those uncomfortable moments and doing the work in that space. So it's almost like the opposite where I can be quite fearless, which can lead to recklessness mm-hmm. and like to a kitty of chaos, mm-hmm. which is how I turn so I have to draw back from that a little bit so I've started writing my list for 2021 and it's got things on there like aligned action um connection love because that would and love just keeps popping up um well I am telling you you and I you and I are connected in some way because that is so similar (laughs) to what I'm like working on connection, 
I started this podcast because I'm like a craving connection. I want, I want mm-hmm. to create connection. I want to give connection. Like I, I like, I want to create a space for that love. I'm literally planning a wedding next year. Like quite literally oh. planning a. Well, I'm not planning a wedding, but I've been on Tinder. <laughs> It's not pretty. I described it the other day like it's like a wading pool and at the end of summer it's kind of deflate the the dating pool here in Bali is like it's like a wading pool in the backyard and at the end of summer it's been emptied of water so it's kind of got like those dried out watermarks it's deflated and the wind has carried it to the back of the backyard it's just like sitting in the back corner that's pretty much how how the dating pool looks in Bali here right now. Uh, to go back to your point around coaching um because I've had a really most of my background is in hospitality and alongside those 16 hour days of hospitality, you know, I was teaching aerobics, I was competing, I was personal training, I played rep netball, I was a ballet dancer when I was younger. Um, so m- my world's always collided between um, wellness and, and hospitality and um, or, you know, having a career outside of that. Um, but the one thing that's remained a constant or a parallel between those two things is um, mentoring, leadership and training So and encouraging. And so getting to where I am now was like, how do I reach into my toolbox of all of the experiences that I've got around, you know, mentoring people to be leaders in the hospitality industry sector or just training them and giving them the management skills and tools that they need um, to be successful in that space. Um, How do I give people the tools as uh, an aerobics instructor to build their health and and their wellness, but also find space to to feel good about themselves? So all of these things have kind of meshed into where I'm at now, which is why I freaking love doing what I do. Like, honestly, when I, when I, I see women go through my, my program and we work one-on-one and I see them break their limiting beliefs and change their habits and, and just become happier versions of themselves that they just never knew was possible. Like that just makes, that shit makes me cry, man. Yeah. I'm right there with you. I love it. Yeah, that's just it. Like that's it's the whole world. Yeah, and if you can <clears throat> bring that, like help someone to find that joy and happiness. Yeah. Um, that's everything. Make sure you rate, review, and share this podcast if you loved it. I would also love to connect with you. So come chat with me over on Instagram at danielle.hawthorne. You can also head on over to dannyhawthorne.com where I have some really fun freebies for you, including a free mini course where I teach you how to boost your confidence in under three minutes. This is a process that I use before all of my celebrity interviews and I absolutely swear by it. So go to dannyhawthorne.com and grab that. It's 100% free and you can literally start using it today to give yourself a confidence boost because you know what? We all need one sometimes. Until next week, keep being confident like you.